0: Welcome to the Tournament Poker Edge Podcast, brought to you by TournamentPokerEdge.com, the only podcast dedicated exclusively to poker tournament strategy. Now here's your host, Clayton Fletcher.
1: Hello once again, everybody, and welcome to the Tournament Poker Edge Podcast. I'm your host, Clayton Fletcher, in fabulous Las Vegas, uh, trying to recreate, recreate the old days of the TPE podcast. You guys remember summers in Las Vegas, the TPE house. It was kind of like a frat party atmosphere. There were people drinking and betting each other, crazy props, doing keg stands, strippers, showing their boobs, all kinds of craziness. Well, this time we got three guys on a couch. It's a little different (laughs) But at least I'm not alone, and that's always a positive. I am joined by the legendary owner and founder and head, Graham poobah of Tournament Poker Edge itself, the one and only Killing Bird, Derek Tenbush. Say hello, Derek. What's up, TPE Nation? TPE Nation, we are in the flesh, but we're not alone. We also have another uh, TPE member, a TPE pro. He's uh, a, a very accomplished player. He's been, you know, doing big things here at the World Series of Poker, and you guys know he's not Asian. His name is Dylan Thomasy. Dylan, how you been?
2: Hey, uh, good. I'm good. Thank you for having me. Uh... You know, a little surprise here, I guess, for you guys. Yeah, <laughs> so, we, we yeah, you
1: know, yeah. Derek and I were going to record, and we ran into Dylan, and we're like, "Hey, man, why don't you come and record with us? It'll be fun. We'll try to, you know, create the old days, you know, the atmosphere, the yeah. the party scene." So we're having a beer, and we're going to talk shop a little bit. We also have one more person in the room. <laughs> it is Dylan's girlfriend. <laughs> Uh, she does not want to be recorded, but she did say that if anything like really like sparks her creativity and she wants to join us, uh, you know we left that door open, but as of now, she 's sitting about as far away from me as humanly possible so
2: we'll see Supervising, yeah. Yeah. yeah I feel like
1: she 's looking over my shoulder. if I say anything wrong i 'm like fired. I can get fired by dylan 's
0: girlfriend. So by the,
2: way, by the way, we actually are on a couch. There's a couch here. Yes. <laughs> yeah. It's like a casting couch. And, uh, <laughs> Clayton
0: is the casting director. So this is about to get weird. Yeah. We are on the couch. <laughs> yeah.
1: They're hoping I ask them to make out.
0: All right. Uh,
1: Derek, you go first. When did you get here? How's it going so far?
0: Uh, so I got here on Saturday night, which was two nights ago.
1: Yeah, uh, as we record this on Monday, the 15th of November.
0: Yeah, which was, it was interesting because I, um, I made a concerted effort to come into Vegas late because I thought, oh, I can see how the whole COVID thing shakes out. I'll have plenty of time, you know, in case it gets like shut down or canceled or whatever, or if I just don't feel comfortable coming, I won't come. And everything was going super smooth. So I was like, all right, it looks like a good time to go out and play a few events.
1: Yeah, there's been hardly any COVID news, really. I mean, I think a couple of people
0: uh, had to miss something, but nothing major, really. Yeah. I mean, basically until like yesterday. And then there was like you know, some people came out and said, oh, I tested positive. And it seems like it's all kind of centered on the main event. It's very, like, it's kind of selective, though, right? Like, you know, there's three or four people I follow who said they got it. So it, it is what it is. I mean, I think we all knew kind of what we were walking into. Um, no one expected there to be zero positive tests, did they? I mean, that would be ridiculous. No, yeah, I, I completely agree. I mean, for sure there was going to be positive tests. The only question was, were people going to say it publicly that they got it, you know?
2: Um, Uh, Yeah, it's kind of weird because uh, one lady came out and said she had COVID and then somebody was like, well, what's the difference between the main event and like the 888, for example, where there's thousands of players in that? like, why does it matter? You know, what's the difference? And I don't know if she she came out because it was the main if that was like a bigger deal. For her, but essentially they're the same tournament, right? What, like
1: she's trying to get her buy-in
0: back or something? What's
2: the (laughs) angle? (laughs) Yeah, I I think it was probably just...
0: I mean, it might have just been timing. Like maybe things snowballed to a point where enough people felt bad and tested positive that they finally said they tested positive. Maybe it just took this long. Mm-hmm.
3: Um,
0: but, it, you know, hey, it could have just been some clout chasing, too. I don't know. And
3: everyone
1: here is vaccinated, right? You can't even walk into the poker area without proving that you're vaccinated. Um, unless, of course, you're working for the WSOP and then all bets are off. Yeah, the dealers didn't have to get vaccinated. And that's another story that we don't necessarily have to get into. Um, but, yeah, bottom line, if you're vaccinated and you do happen... To have what they call a breakout case, like you, I'm not a doctor, but you know, I've read about this. Like if you test positive, even though you were vaccinated, which ostensibly anyone who was playing here at the Rio was, usually if you have any symptoms at all, they're pretty minor. And like, you're almost definitely not going to die. Like 99% of all COVID deaths are among unvaccinated people. So I think, I don't think that anyone's goal was to make sure that no one gets sick. During the WSOP, people get sick every year. Remember the year they had Legionnaire's disease? Yeah. <laughs> Instead of the Millionaire Maker, we had a Legionnaire Maker that year. It wasn't fun. I'm
2: pretty sure this room had Legionnaire's disease <laughs> in it. Everything in the Masquerade Tower was infected. And yeah. <laughs> I mean,
1: we're here at the Rio All Suites Hotel, Resort, Casino, and Spa. And it is so fabulous. I mean, this place, I'm going to miss it. I mean, I, I know it's a dinosaur. I know it's dated. I know that, like, they've never updated anything, including that awful couch you guys are sitting on. But I don't know. It's like it's going to be different next year.
0: Yeah. I have yet to see the resort part of this place or uh, the spa part of this place. I've only seen the casino and the hotel. Yeah, well, the pool is closed,
1: so don't even try.
0: Yeah. But, no, I, I mean, I think everybody came out here with, the, with an expected amount of risk, you know. And, and all you can do is is try to be personally responsible and do the best that you can in in this current situation. And, um, you know, I, I, I'm sure there'll be a bunch of infighting on Twitter about vaccines and about COVID and stuff like that. But the reality is everybody who came here knew what they're kind of walking into. So, yeah. And what
1: they're walking into is a room filled with vaccinated opponents who may or may not be still be able to transmit the disease, but, You're not going to die from playing in the World Series of Poker. Very, very small chance of that. So to me, that was what convinced me to come was when they actually said that you have to be vaccinated. So I thought that was good. As Dylan is asking the (laughs) girlfriend to refill his beverage. So, yeah, uh, if you don't want to talk on the podcast, can you at least (laughs) pretend you're a waitress? (laughs) (laughs)
2: One one thing I did want to say about what the lady that spoke up on Twitter about uh, being uh testing positive for covid was she got like praised uh on twitter for speaking up about it like for saying like hey i tested positive you should go get tested too like Mm -hmm. she didn't get like nobody like you know like uh you know like berated her or anything like that they're all happy like that she said something and like hey yeah you should go get checked out well
1: people on twitter are always reasonable
3: usually
1: yeah (laughs) (laughs) Yeah,
0: absolutely (laughs) Yeah, and I and I think also, um, I mean, I, I saw, I think, two people today on Twitter who surrendered their day two stacks in tournaments. Oh, wow. Because they tested positive, and they said, look, I tested positive. I'm surrendering my stack. I'm not going to play. Wow. That's a ballsy-ass move. I didn't know that was a
2: thing. I
0: honestly don't know. I like to think that's what I would do, but I'm not sure. I mean, if yeah. I had made day two of the 888, and I tested positive the morning of day two, I mean, look, I, I mean... You so know, I'd so like they to had
2: play. symptoms and decided to go get tested, mm-hmm. or they just
0: randomly? Well, I don't know the exact details of how they found out they had it, but but yeah, there was.
2: I feel like I'm pretty
0: ha- sure at least two people who said yeah. I feel like you'd have to be myself.
2: like have like whatever COVID symptoms, and then be like, "Hey, should I get tested?" And then like, yeah. should I even be playing this tournament? And then like, then you make your decision. Yeah, be
1: like, dude, I haven't tasted my breakfast for three days.
2: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> maybe I should go see what's going on <laughs> with my body. I mean, yeah. the best thing you can do
1: honestly uh to prevent this and most diseases is to be in good shape you know take care of yourself eat healthy exercise like derek you look great i haven't seen you in a long time you lost what 20 25 pounds
0: 27 pounds thank you everyone Ooh, i appreciate yeah, it that's amazing what's the yeah. secret how did you do it keto yeah. It's all about keto, keto wow. Which is tough When you're a beer drinker Like me
2: <laughs> uh, Luckily Keto whiskeys Or how does that well, work Well all whiskeys keto Oh okay So you can drink
0: as much whiskey As you want when you're on keto nice. Which is uh That's lucky Good Unless you're my wife And you have to clean me up Off the bathroom floor uh, <laughs> After my twist Because all you had Was keto Or <laughs> yeah. whiskey all day Yeah I'm <laughs> like but honey I only had non-keto Or
2: non-carb whiskey I, so didn't, I didn't eat I just had whiskey today. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs>
1: this is the new diet Right like Dr. Atkins Like just lived on chicken wings All the time he's like well at least I don't eat any carbs and he died at 52 and now Derek's going to just like try to survive on whiskey. Yeah. All right, whatever. <laughs>
0: um but one thing I did want to say. So, and I know we're going to talk about some hands in a little bit, but so uh my hand is from the 888 tournament which I had the good fortune of playing uh with Clayton for um and this is probably be the last thing we say about uh COVID. But so I I was not sure how I was going to approach wearing a mask at the poker table cuz um, at the Rio, you have the option. You have to wear one well when you're walking around the hallways. But when you sit down on the table, you can take it off. And I wasn't sure what I was going to do. Um, and then I sat down at my table and I was in the one seat. So I was right next to the dealer. Um, the who,
1: potentially unvaccinated dealer. Right.
0: The one person who might not be vaccinated <laughs> in the room. And then the guy who sat down in a two seat coughed for the first two hours. Oh, of Oh, no. That's oh brutal. So I was like yeah really good, really good tournament to mask the up mask for. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, so I went full mask uh, and then and then, like an hour later, Clayton sat down at my table and he did not have his mask on. and I was like, I'm just wearing my mask because the dealer is next to me and the coughing guy. <laughs> well, is like I was well. judging you.
1: Do whatever you want. Yeah, yeah. No, do, do I. I think whatever makes people comfortable. I think masks should be optional. I think in society, even long after we have COVID completely under control, if people want to walk around in masks, in Asian countries they do. You, you know, online, places man. like Japan, they're wearing masks all the time. I think if you know whatever people want to do, I just like having the option rather than some kind of government mandate forcing me to do something that I probably wouldn't choose to do on my own. But, I mean, I get it, too. I get it. Yeah. But, anyway, uh, I've been here for, like, six weeks now, and no one's, like, coughed on me or sneezed on me. You had really bad luck to show up in the first tournament, you play, somebody's coughing on
0: you. I know. (laughs) I'm like, really, man? And I think it sounded like I've been around enough smokers to know mm. it sounded like that morning smokers oh, yeah. cough. So I'm sure it was fine. And by the time you and when you got there, I don't think he ever coughed again, like yeah. after that point. So I'm sure it was fine. Yeah. Um but I you know, I'm kind of in that group where I say when I come to Vegas, I get sick every single summer. Oh it's not summer. I always say summer. We've time. been saying summer all but fall. I, Everybody has.
2: Yeah. Um, I always thought like getting like sick had a lot to do with like like, when you came in the summer, you're going into the Rio, that's 60 degrees, and then you're coming outside and it's 110 yeah. degrees. Like, I thought that had a lot to do with it sometimes. Oh, like, I'm I sure. Mean, and
0: you're coming from a different part of the country, so you're just yeah, used yeah. to different climate.
2: Yeah, and yeah, the dry um, air could do something to you, too.
0: Yeah. yeah. I mean, I
1: know a lot of people come and get sick every every summer, uh, every time we do the World Series, whether summer or fall, whatever uh, the November nine is going on right right now. (laughs) (laughs) It's, Uh, it's, you know, whatever. But I think that as a chronic hand washer and a person that's like kind of just naturally, I guess, lucky. I, I, as I always say, I should knock on wood, but I'm not superstitious. So I won't, um, I I don't get sick every summer or i have really been sick in like 20 some years. Uh, and so I didn't really have a lot of trepidation about coming out here, especially once they said I'd be able to play with no mask on. to me, that was like a you know, pump-my-fist kind of moment because I'm like, oh, that's going to make it so much more fun. And as a result, I spent a lot more time at the Rio than I normally would. Typically, I would play a lot of tournaments at Venetian or Wynn, and I've done some, especially the Mystery Bounty. As everyone knows by now, I love Mystery Bounty as a concept, although I have yet to uh, collect a Mystery Bounty ever <laughs> in my life. Um, but yeah. So you cashed in the first tournament you played. Congrats!
0: I did. I am. Um. So here's the thing: if you get your booster shot, it turns out you cash 100 percent of the World Series <laughs> of Poker tournaments that you play. <laughs> uh, granted, I've only played one. Um. But yeah, it was it was a lot of fun. Um, uh, as we mentioned earlier, Clayton and I ended up at the same table for several hours, and um, you had
1: position on me. That's why you said it was fine.
0: Yeah, and I I. There was some pots I avoided playing with you, um, because I think you're a better poker player than me, and you were the one person at the table I knew who was probably a better poker player than me. Also, for the record, Clayton's three bet percentage at my table was about forty eight percent. Yeah, that's, um, that's yeah. No, I,
1: I was I was going off. We had a lot of amateur players at that yeah. table. I felt like building pots in position, as Alex Fitzgerald, one of our coaches, always recommends. Like if you have players that uh, their skill level isn't as as good as yours and you have a, a range advantage you have a skill edge and you're in position build big pots with better hands in position yeah. and that's what i was doing so in other spots where like you know if i had like an expert player or a talented player on my right i might just flat and see a flop against these guys I actually want to build those pots and try to you know mix it up a little bit it didn't work out but i still think theoretically it was the right <laughs> strategy but you uh, you you won the last longer against me because you cashed and i didn't
0: yeah, I, I, I wished in hindsight that we had made a last longer. I wouldn't have liked my <laughs> odds at one point because I think you were up to 120 or something pretty quick. And I yeah. was at like 40 and then it reversed itself. And I just had some things go right at some point in the tournament. Um, I I ran a pretty good bluff, which is the hand I'll talk about tonight. Um, and then I happened to get aces against tens. For, Aren't you
1: worried about ruining your nitty image by talking about a bluff on the podcast?
0: I know. I'm just so proud that I actually bluffed. I, there,
3: were,
1: there were like three
0: points where I was like, Clayton would three bet here. And I just folded. it. I'm like, no, I don't have the heart. I don't have the heart to three bet. You anymore. know,
1: a, a losing strategy for poker is to ask yourself, what would Clayton do?
0: <laughs> that is
1: not smart. <laughs> All right, so let's go to you now, Dylan. You've got your Chicago Bears shirt. On are you from the Midwest?
2: I'm um, from Illinois, Champaign. Not quite Chicago, but you know, every time we tell somebody that we're from Illinois, it's always Oh, Chicago. Yeah, no, it's not. Not quite Chicago. Yeah, well, that's so, like
1: I'm I, I live. I live in New York, okay. and people know about New York City. There's like another huge <laughs> state that no one even <laughs> knows. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I, I get that. Yeah. So, uh are you living here in Vegas now?
2: I am here in Vegas. I've been here for um. 10 years almost, I think. Nine or 10 years. Yeah. Yeah, just grinding poker uh, online mostly. And then when all the tournament series come around, I'll play those. What
1: have you been firing uh, in the last month or so?
2: Um, So for WSOP and like whatever, Venetian and Wynn, anything like 1,500 by buy-in or so and under – is what I've been playing.
1: All right, so you're staying in your bankroll. You don't go crazy. Don't get too excited that all these big things are going on in town. That's good, smart. You know, bankroll management, so important. So how do you arrive at that 1,500 number? Is that based on, um, you know, what what we have in the bankroll, or is it just based on what you perceive the skill level of the opponents above that? level to be, or is it some combination?
2: So I was going to say, yeah, I think bankroll-wise it's pretty wise to, to stay around there and under. Um, and then as far as skill level, yeah, also I think once you get to like... I, once you get to like... So it goes from like 1500 1600s to like 2500s and like 3Ks and 5Ks. So I think once you get over that 1500 level, 1600 level, then it starts becoming like more pros, less recreational players. So I think under that level is uh, is a lot softer fields yeah, overall. I agree with
1: you 100%. And uh, in the old days that I, I can remember when I really started getting into poker, like in the early 2000s, a $5,000 buy-in, you'd have like a week of satellites leading up to it. And all the amateur players would, would jump into those satellites trying to get a crack at the $5,000 tournament. Nowadays, I think people have wisened up and they've just realized like, even if I manage to satellite into this thing, I'm gonna be so over my head with the with the killers and the robots that I'm gonna be up against I'm better off just like buying directly into like the nightly deep stack or whatever it is yeah
2: yeah, yeah I agree um, I mean if if you have the right game for it you know just patient and um don't do anything super crazy I think you can do well in some of these three Ks and maybe five ks but yeah. yeah you don't need to there's so many tournaments going on in Vegas that like. You can avoid those tournaments, play something a little bit smaller, have a good time, and play your game and be comfortable and not stress about it and hopefully make a deep run. There's so many different tournaments to play. So
1: Well, now, as I'm wrapping up my World Series of Poker, I'm leaving later this week. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I cashed in the shootout, the $1,500 shootout, and I cashed in the Deep Stack Championship, the $800 buy-in Deep Stack Championship or whatever it was. Yeah. And, and nothing else. So, <laughs> okay. Dylan, give me some good news. What have you done?
2: Uh, nothing super crazy, actually. I started off pretty good again, and I cashed a few of uh, my early tournaments. I got deep in um, – uh, I can't even remember. It, was, <laughs> it feels like so long ago. Uh, I, I got really deep in the Super Turbo – Which, you know, you got to run good in those. Is Um, that the
1: WSP Super Turbo Bounty?
2: Yes, WSP Super Turbo Bounty. It was a, I think it was a 1K with $300 bounty. That sounds right. And I think I got three bounties and finished in the top 100 out of 1,500 or 2,000 or something like that. Yeah,
1: that's pretty deep. That's a nice chunk of change for that. Yeah, it
2: was a fun one. And and my bust hand was like, you know, it was pretty standard. I had... You know, like an average stack and shoved a, a suited ace and got called by a big blind who like tanked forever and called me with like King Jack or something and turned a Jack when I turned a Flush Draw. And, you know, it's just kind of one of those spots where you just have to run good. And then. Yeah, like, here's
1: the key when you're about to shove with your ace and you know the guy has King Jack. You got to start talking to the poker gods
3: first <laughs> and
1: say, "Are you going to do it to me? Are you going to hit him with the jack, or am I going to win this pot?" And then, based on what the poker gods tell you, that's how you know what to do. That's yeah. the skill you have to master, yeah. so you can move up to the higher states.
2: Yeah. I yeah. forgot. I forgot to ask. And, <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> I didn't say my prayer before that. Before he called, I thought he would fold, so I didn't. You yeah. know, I didn't think I had to do anything. And he thought about folding, yeah. didn't he? He tanked yeah. for a while. Um, but, yeah, it was just one of those, you know, standard flips that you just have to win in poker tournaments. Yeah. They, they come around, you know, every so often. Um, you know, unless, like, you're in the main event where they're super deep right now and you just play well. and.
1: Even the main event, though, as someone who's had some pretty deep runs in that, at some point you do have to win a coin flip. Yeah, it's it just, you, know, you can't yeah. you can't make it to the end.
0: Yeah. I mean, uh, I when I was at the win today playing the mystery bounty, I, uh, they had the poker go feed up on the TVs. I mean... Chance Cornith got it in with Ace Queen of Hearts versus Aces and just flopped the nuts. Yeah. So those are the you know those are the kind of things that happen throughout a, a tournament like the main event or any big uh, you know multi-runner field that you never really hear about. You know, like the, the you know the winner maybe played this hand really sick or did this big bluff or whatever. But also along the way, like three crazy things happened that they won where maybe they you know quote unquote weren't supposed to. Um, that you never really hear about. Yeah,
2: you so, yeah. kind of like forget about those spots sometimes if you're running so good, uh, and you win those big, like not not even flips. You know, like I don't even know what their percentages are: Ace, Queen of Hearts versus Aces, but like, chances- it's about six percent. Yeah. Is it six? That's yeah. it. Yeah. Wow. Maybe seven. Um. But yeah, chances, no doubt, like like a you know top player in the world, of course. Yeah. Um. But I've I was watching the stream as well, like all day and and yesterday, and he's run really good in the all ins, and you have to like yeah. It, I mean, well, no, it just, as
1: soon top. as you don't run well in a in an all in, then your tournament ends, right? If you're yeah. all in, you need to. That's the time when you yeah. need to hit it, you know. But that that's the thing, like. Everybody says, well, this guy's the best in the world. That guy's one of the best in the world. That guy's one of the best in the world. And the great equalizer about this beautiful game that we're all obsessed with is that even those players are just like you and me they're 50-50 sometimes. They have to suck out as a six percent. You know th- that happens to everybody. That those are the moments where it's like at this point it doesn't matter which one of these guys is better at poker. It matters who gets lucky today, and that that's what happens. Now, since you brought up the win, I want to talk about the win. Isn't it lovely? I mean, isn't it wonderful?
0: I as soon as I walked in the door, you're literally greeted by like trees with lights oh. and like you know it's like nice light in the room and. It it reminds me why I love going to to play there so much. <laughs> it it's kind of it's become almost a cliche how much better the win is than every poker room yeah. in Vegas. It's miles above. Uh, unless uh, you are willing to sponsor this podcast and you have a poker room in Vegas, <laughs> hit us up. You'll be the
2: best poker room. in yeah. Vegas. Yeah. Sahara,
1: <laughs> Sahara Las Vegas, number one on the strip. <laughs> All right. And since you brought up chance, we have to talk about. Uh, The talk of the of the day is something that happened over the weekend I don't know if you guys saw the clip or not but chance uh, Has been maligned a bit for Yeah, I don't know if if people want to say he was angle shooting or or doing something the way I watch I watched the clip several times and what I saw him do is uh, There's a bet and he's facing a bet and he kind of moves his cards out of the way Counts out the exact number of chips to call the bet and then takes those chips And moves them slightly to the left. Not a forward motion like he's going to put them in the pot. But And while he's doing so, he's staring at his opponent and trying to get a sense of whether the opponent is happy or sad about getting called. Uh, Derek, why don't you go first? Your take on it.
0: So when I watched it, so I've seen a dozen of these sort of moves over the years in poker. And I've seen many more that I was more offended by than this one.
1: Oh yeah, no one's saying this is the most egregious or whatever. but is this one bad? Is there anything here?
0: It, it's sort of the classic it's within the rules um, it's 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 not something I would ever penalize anybody for. but if I were to play at the table, I'd be like, dude, but you know come on, you know what you're doing right? Um, and it just comes down to like do you think you can uh, exploit every little spot? To your advantage by taking advantage of every little situation and, and and doing things that won't get you penalized but will get you an advantage? Or would you rather just play straight up poker? I think he knew exactly what he was doing. Um, do I think he did anything wrong? Quote unquote wrong? No. Anything scummy? Slightly scummy. Okay. Dylan, yeah. your
2: your thoughts? So I was actually watching Chance today and while I don't know this, this exact hand that you're speaking of, I... I did notice that um, he he the way he positions his chips that are just sitting there while he's not even in a hand are like pretty far out in front of him and his cards uh, when he does get his cards that I thought it was kind of odd but today I saw him count like he was in a spot where he checked in his opponent bet. And he was counting out his chips, but today... And this may have had something to do with yesterday.
1: Oh, he knows what people said about yeah. yesterday. Yeah.
2: Exactly. So today he counted his chips off well behind him, behind his cards, and his other chips to, to the other side. Uh, so this may have had something to do with yesterday. And I noticed like it, that he, while he was counting them out, he was staring as, at his opponent. Um, and that kind of has, goes along with... Um, what you're saying that uh, that he he looks at his opponent while he's doing it, but he in no way did it in in a way to like angle shoot or anything like that. But I did think it was odd that the way he stacks his chips while they're just sitting there is like w- not normal and it, like they're More like in front of out.
1: the cards, yeah, they're and spaced, spaced out, out like, yeah,
2: spaced out and like well in front of like hmm. like rather close to the betting line, I would think, but. Yeah. I don't. Yeah, I don't know the exact hand you're talking about, so I'd have to look oh, at it again.
1: I can't believe you haven't seen You must not no. be on Twitter. But you are busy okay. with your girlfriend, he's, so yeah, yeah maybe maybe she's been keeping you busy. Do you, do you have any thoughts on Chance? Is he a scumbag <laughs> or not? Do you want to share your thoughts, girlfriend? No. Okay, <laughs> yeah, she's not going to... She. I didn't think she was going to chime in. <laughs> I didn't think she was going to no, chime in. Yeah, I mean, uh, if Dylan hasn't seen it, it's unlikely uh, yeah, that she I has. It, All right, well, that's okay. At least <laughs> we heard her voice. I'll just sit my <laughs> All right, yeah, by the you way, this, next, next this, <laughs> this, this beer is really good. All right, before we move on to you guys, I want to hear your hands. Um, my take on chance, and I know that this is not the, the apparently the popular uh, opinion. I have 0% problem with what he did. I think that getting reads on your opponents is part of live poker. I mean, sometimes I look like I'm going to fold my cards, and I want to kind of get a sense of whether that makes my opponent happy Or not. Sometimes I'm gonna pretend or or imagine I'm trying to make my decision and then I'll grab chips and I'm like I'm watching him. Like is he is he happy that I'm grabbing my chips? Does he not want me to grab those chips? And I think that part of the live game that differentiates it from the online version is that we have to be aware of what we are giving off and what we're perceiving. I made a big decision today in the Mystery Bounty at the win, trying to figure out whether my opponent had a busted flush draw or the nuts because his bet was polarized it was one of the two um he was staring at me like trying to look intimidating he was scratching his neck which i thought might have been like what we call a calming behavior like he's trying to like help ease the stress of the moment um and he was doing things that people typically do when they're bluffing and so i made my decision partly based on what he was giving off Turned out to be wrong. He had the nuts. and It cost me half my stack. Um, But when when I have a decision in live poker that's really close between calling or folding, whatever the decisions are, sometimes I use the live reads that I'm getting. And I don't think that grabbing chips, it's not like he put them halfway into the pot and pulled them back. He didn't do anything like that because that is uncool. That is an angle shoot. And in some states, not Nevada, but in some states, any type of forward motion – like in California, they have something called the forward motion rule. If you take chips in your hand and move them forward, not to the left, like Chance did in this hand, but forward, that's that, that money's going in the pot in California. Yeah. But not in Nevada. We have the betting line and there's the reason why. But yeah, that's my take. Like I'm I feel like the only one that actually doesn't have any problem with this at all. And I'm not necessarily like a huge Chance Cornet fan or anything, but I just I don't feel there's any angle shoot here. I don't think it's scummy in the slightest.
0: Yeah. I should mention, like, you asked me, do you think it's, quote unquote, slightly scummy? And I said, yes. I don't know that slightly scummy is necessarily bad, like, or, or something that should be vilified. Like, you know, there's, there's like street gamblers. And there's, you know, like, people do things at the poker table to get an advantage. It doesn't necessarily mean that it's that they should be vilified for it or or crucified for it. Some
1: people are comparing it to like a pump fake in basketball. Should it be illegal for me to pretend? Or like in football, sometimes we act like we're giving the ball to the running back and then we throw it. Isn't this the same? Why is it different, Dylan? Tell me.
2: Um, Wait, why is why is this
1: different than in other sports where you kind of try to fake people out a little bit? Why is poker not – look, why is is some of the poker community – look so uh, sternly against this sort of thing. Now, I'm not talking about angle shoot, like if you hide your big chips behind. Like, that's like cheating. I don't really see anything wrong with this.
2: I I think people just like when they, like if you're in a big pot and you make a mistake, uh, you know, like if I made a bad read and made a a bad call, because of that, they they get upset, and then then they try to like put the blame on you, right? Mm. Uh, They they don't want to feel like they made a mistake they don't want to blame themselves so they try to justify like or blame the other person essentially i think um yeah i think
0: i think also i think a lot of people think of poker as like a a game of honor you know like a game where yeah. you respect your opponent you like everyone thinks of of other poker players like that's the person i like Ten years ago I used to say I would give I would give a thousand dollars to a random poker player before I'd give it to a random person on the street. Because <laughs> you just always assume the poker player would pay you back. Not necessarily true anymore. So I think part of it comes from that. Like like the game is this game of like of like trust and honor and integrity. So when anybody does anything even like remotely across that line, they get kind of freaked out and scared by it.
1: I agree. And this is what I don't like. I don't like true angles, like hiding your chips or uh, putting in some obnoxious amount and then pretending you didn't mean to when you have aces. Like these are kind of the angles that I think cross the line. Moving your chips to see if your opponent is happy that you moved your chips or not, I don't really have any problem with it. And I'm actually frankly surprised that so many of our brothers and sisters in this world... Are so offended by it because this is live poker. Like part of the game is trying to get a read on your opponents, not by any means necessary. But to me, this doesn't even approach what I would consider an angle shoot or a scummy behavior or a dishonorable move. To me, this is well within. I mean, have you ever had the nuts and somebody bet really big and you look like you don't really know what you should do, and uh, you're agonizing over this uh, allegedly tough decision when you have the nuts. To me, this is no different. He's looking like he might call, and he's trying to get a sense of whether his opponent is happy about that or not. And I think that this is kind of part of the fun of live poker, if anything, is that we're supposed to kind of try to psych each other out a little bit. I'm not in favor of like berating my opponents. Like There are things that are definitely over the line for me, but to me, like, moving your chips two inches to the left, I can't believe there's such a controversy over it.
2: <laughs> what do you have
1: there on your phone
2: there, Dylan? Okay, so this was from today, and Alan Kessler, while I don't mean to give him too much attention, that he <laughs> so desperately craves. The chainsaw! Yeah. Uh, so, okay, this was a tweet from earlier today, and he says, Just sat down in the 1500. Me and Matt Stout Poker have already seen an angle shoot. So this was a 1500 at the WSOP today. He says the pot has 2,000 in it total from small bets at 100 and 200 blinds. So 2,000 in the pot. Player A bets 5,200, which includes a 5K chip and 200s.
1: So he's pretending that he meant to bet
2: 700? Um, whether he, player A pretended that he meant to bet that much or not, I'm not sure. Um... Let me let me read the rest okay. the dealer announces 5200 player B says 5200 like question mark like asking like 5200 wow you know um, and then player a th- this is Alan's tweet quote player a looks nervous B calls thinking misclick so I so I think what Alan was trying to say was player a was trying to bet maybe 700 maybe a 500 trip and 200s. Mm-hmm. And Allen's argument was that because player A looked nervous, he was angle shooting. Yeah. Uh, And then Matt Stout replied, speak for yourself. I saw someone massively overbet the pot on the river and get paid off. Player A is also wearing a mask, but I guess his eyes look nervous to you. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you guys know I love Matt
1: Stout. He's been on the podcast a number of times. Uh, you know, he's, he does all that great charity work and everything. Um, and I'm sure that, th- you know, this is a, another question. Like, is that an angle? To me, that's a little bit across the line. Like, if you are over betting on purpose and pretending that you didn't mean to overbet, the bottom line is... Whether you did that and are now acting nervous or whether you really are nervous because you accidentally grabbed the wrong number of chips, you are responsible for how many chips you put in the middle and your opponents are responsible for figuring out whether you're doing something a little bit sneaky, underhanded, scummy, angly, or whether you are just a a guy that just put, you know, three times the pot in there for no reason. Yeah,
2: Yeah, I got got no inclination that from what he tweeted that the— player a was angling um, yeah at,
1: you know, at this point I, we're just calling everything an angle to me
2: but the, yeah that's also Alan for you too is he'll complain about literally yeah, anything yeah. he'll find something to complain about yeah. for the for the day and, and this was it I guess but I, I had no uh, I didn't ag- I didn't necessarily agree with him that it could have been an angle yeah, yeah he, he player a never said anything um, other than putting in the chips and, quote, looking nervous. So
0: He could just literally be nervous because he fucked up. Yeah, that's like, what I'm thinking.
2: Like have if, if I, I overbent, yeah, the
0: guy who put in the 5K chip instead of the 500 chip. I've 100% did it before. There's not
1: one live player in the world that hasn't made that mistake at least once. You just grabbed the wrong chip. Yeah. It's usually the 500 versus the 5,000 right. because they yeah. both have fives on them and you're and thinking I, about something else.
0: And I definitely looked fucking nervous. <laughs> I, get, I guarantee you because I, I remember when it happened. I, it was that the PCA, like, Ten years ago, I'll like <laughs> never my, forget it. It was one of my first like big live tournaments I ever played, and I I knew I had fucked up, and I didn't know how to fix it, and uh, I lost the pot. So
2: you yeah. did, you, did you talk during the hand? Or you like, oh, I fucked up, like, or was it like like kind of nervous movements? Do you remember? I, I remember. I remember debating in my head: should I
0: pretend that I fucked up yeah. so that they think I I'm angling, yeah, or should I just
2: stay quiet? Should I just <laughs>
0: yeah? And I, and I think I just sat there like still face like. And I drank some from my Blue Hawaiian in the Bahamas. That's amazing.
3: (laughs)
1: Yeah, to me, this is part of the game. Like, if somebody makes a mistake, we have to be able to figure out whether that person Mm -hmm. really made the mistake or whether he's angling. I would never do that. But I would grab my chips and move them two inches to the left to try to get a read on my opponent. I've also picked up my cards as though I'm thinking about folding them without actually folding them to try to get a sense of whether this is making my opponent happy or not. Mm-hmm. So at what point do we say, like, we are not allowed to show emotion or <laughs> or try to misdirect our opponent? Like, this is live poker. Isn't that part of the yeah. game is getting reads, right?
2: Yes. Uh, yeah, just thinking about my uh, my opponent's last <clears throat> couple misclicks, I spe- specifically remember uh, one in WSOP maybe two years ago and one at Circuit. Uh, somewhat recently, my opponents, quote, misclicked. And I actually asked them, I was like, did you mean to do that? And both of them said no. And then I made the wrong decision and was shown like the nuts, essentially, both times. And I was like, I looked around the table and I don't know if anybody really realized what happened. But I was obviously like pissed off. And uh, there's nothing I can do about it. But, you know, they were angle shooting, and they're just fucking scumbags. But do you
1: feel – really yeah, and I don't like that at all. And just to be clear, I've never done that, like yeah. the accidental, quote-unquote, non, non-accidental, non accidental misclick. Like, I don't think that's necessarily a part of my game. Like, that's kind of where I would draw the line uh, between what's scummy and what isn't. I would never do that. Um, but, you know, honestly, do you think that your opponents, having made that overbet, have an obligation to tell you the truth when you say, did you mean to do that? Yes or no.
2: I think, I think they should probably stay silent over lying.
1: But you ask them a question. Like once you, once you open that door, don't they have a chance to walk through it or not?
2: Yeah. Poker players, you know, I mean, that is part of the game. Yes. But once I think once you like deliberately lie, then it becomes an angle shoot. And so his
1: options, in your opinion, would be to tell the truth or say nothing but not to lie.
2: Yeah, I think I think a better option would be to just be quiet. Yeah,
1: so even though you ask him a question, you think his move is to is to not answer you?
2: Yeah, I mean, if he doesn't want to be seen as a scumbag, to me, maybe he doesn't care about the, other, the rest of the table. I mean,
1: I don't think any of us want that reputation. You know, yeah, Do you I, want to be known I mean, as a scumbag? I mean, Dylan thinks I'm a scumbag, so... <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah, but
1: that has nothing to do with poker, believe. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right, well, that was a pretty interesting, uh, lively discussion about yeah. what's an angle and what's yeah. not. Um, I think maybe some people would be surprised, because I think I'm kind of known as a purist, of the game, like you know, I love the game, and I you know, want things to be a certain way. This chance thing, guys, it, it just didn't bother me in the least. I think it's much ado about nothing. All right, let's get to Derek Killingbird Tenbush in the live realm. After all these months of playing on ACR and uh, Ignition Poker, you sit down. How did you feel when you first
0: got to the table? It was really weird. I don't remember if I said this on the. Earlier on this podcast, or if it was earlier at the bar when we were hanging out, but he's I, been
1: drinking heavily.
0: Everyone, I definitely misclicked like three or four times in the first hour, and not game. as an angle. No, no, were like the,
2: were the chips
0: weird to you? Like same colors, or what um, was it? It the thing that fucked me up is that so the the crazy eights is an eight-handed tournament, but we started out technically six-handed, um, but we were actually four-handed and it just, like the 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 dead stacks and stuff were just fucking me up like i, I kept like raising out of turn uh, okay, yeah. um you know like i would bet out of turn I would I would fold and then realize there were two people who hadn't acted yet because oh, I, I thought the people were sitting out. Oh, no. I, he's I, like,
2: button. He's so like, button. <laughs> the two blinds are
0: dead stacks. And he's folding I, I fucked up so many times. It was ridiculous. Did was you see like, the word sitting out on their foreheads? <laughs> or anything? I, I was like, I I, I I kept, the thing I kept saying, and I don't, I don't know what this quote is from, but I kept saying, I'm not ready. I'm not ready. Yeah. Like, like, I was not ready to return to live poker at all.
1: Oh, here comes the girlfriend. She wants to play poker with you, Derek. You want to play heads up with him? <laughs> <laughs> she likes the sound of that.
0: Yeah, it, it, it took me a good hour and a half or two hours to like get comfortable. Um, and then it all reverted back. When I went to the wind today to play my second tournament, and I I was just back to ground zero again. <laughs> like, okay. I, I was fucked up again. All right,
1: all right. So, um, yeah, you have a hand. You already kind of told us it's going to be a bluff, and I think oh, that, yeah, I you know it. that's okay, though. I mean, a nice I mean, well, Killing it, Bird you'll bluff.
0: A bluff. You'll know it's a bluff by, like, the turn, so yeah. it doesn't really matter too much. All right, much. so which tournament um, is this from? This is in the Crazy Eights. Which, all right, uh, so it's an
1: $888 World Series of Poker Bracelet event with, I think, three starting days. Uh, guaranteed first place prize of $888,888. 888. And because they didn't get that many players this year, second prize was only 400000 And I think ninth place was like 37000 So this is my kind of structure. It's top heavy. you got to play for first. I hope they put this one on TV because that final table, no one's going to care about laddering. They're going to go for first, which I love to see.
0: Yeah, there was a lot of talk at our table about, oh, what do you guys think the ICM strategy should be? And I was just like,
2: uh. (laughs) Just little too. I don't know. Like, yeah,
0: I'm like, I'm just trying to make it through dinner break. (laughs) I don't know.
1: Yeah, one step at a time. It's still day one, guys. Settle down with your ICM. Uh,
0: But yeah, so I I think this could be interesting because I think you know the villain. Uh, He was the guy in your immediate right. Oh, yeah, of course.
1: Yeah. Okay, so it's from our same table. Okay,
0: great. It was was at the table that me and Clayton played at. Um, I believe, in fact, I know you had busted at this point. Sorry.
1: (laughs) That's okay. Just pour a little more salt in my wound. I Um, believe he was um, Israeli, the gentleman you're speaking of.
0: Yeah, in fact, uh, eventually somebody asked him about where he was from and stuff, and he did say he was Israeli. Confirmed. He was, at, at the point when this hand happened, I knew he was aggressive, And and very active, but I I didn't really have a read on whether he was good or bad.
1: Okay. So let me give a little color on that real quick, not to discuss the hand, but just a hand history to give you guys a sense of who this opponent is. Um, So he had raised an i3 bet, and the board was uh, Jack of Spades, Eight of Spades, Five of Diamonds, and he checked and called. And the turn was uh, Queen of Spades, completing the flush and the straight, and he checked and called. And the river bricked off a deuce of diamonds, and he checked and called a pot-sized bet on the river, and he had ace five, so he he won a huge pot from me, where I felt that he was weak, but I guess he was he felt that I was weaker, uh, and sure enough, uh, you know his pair of fives was good, but you know that gives you a sense of um, how unbluffable. This guy had shown himself to be so. Yeah. I'm already questioning whether we should be bluffing this guy, Derek. I,
0: yeah, and so I had actually. It's funny because now that you recount that hand, I remember it clear as day. But when I played this hand, all I remembered that all I remembered was that he was playing a lot of hands. Like yeah. his his VPIP was probably like forty five percent, which is why
1: I three bet him in the first place. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so uh, by the way, in that hand with the uh, three spades on the board, he did not. Have a spade, which may have helped him call because he thought that I might be bluffing with one spade in my hand. But it's still pretty ambitious just with bottom pair. I mean,
0: wow. Yeah, he he was definitely like he was playing a ton of pots. Um, uh, Like, I don't know if aggressive is the right word. More like uh, he was just playing a lot of hands. You can say stationy. Yeah, I think, I think that's the right description. Yeah.
1: So, like, Dylan, when Derek says he's going to bluff a guy that we already know is stationing, <laughs> what do you think about that?
2: Probably a bad idea, usually, <laughs> usually. Usually, but then also, like, if you can, like, justify, like, literally any play, like, give me, like, yeah, one or two good reasons why you're doing it, well, then, like, there's... there's
1: that's true. Yeah. Nothing's black and white, right?
0: Yeah. Well, and it's also, it's worth noting that by this time of the tournament, so basically around the time Clayton said, I played a couple of hands, um... But I think my image at the table was pretty tight.
1: Yeah, it was at least when I was there. I mean, you had played a few a few pots, but you weren't anywhere near as involved in everything as this gentleman, or I, or some of the other players at the table.
0: Right. So I, I think my my image was was pretty tight. So I think I could use that to my advantage. Like that's one thing that that my my coach and backer Mark and Ben always tell me. Like you have this reputation of being super nitty from the podcast from your Twitch stream. So use that to your advantage, like take that to your advantage and maybe using that in a live setting is not super optimal <laughs> because right. well, they probably they don't have a HUD on you. Yeah. Those people don't, <laughs> those people don't know me. So it's probably not really that relevant, but maybe in my mind, I thought it was, um, that's okay. No, let's not pre
1: beat you up. Let's hear yeah. the hand and then we'll beat you up.
0: All right. So we are at, uh, the 1000, 2000, uh, blind level. I start the hand with 113,000 chips. Okay, so there's 50,000 in the pot. You have 113. So your
1: M is over 23. And how many big blinds do you have? No, no, no. Oh,
0: yeah. uh, blinds are 1,000, 2,000. Right. So there's 5,000 in the pot, right? Uh, no, because I am under the gun.
2: Well, there's 5,000 in the pot before you do anything. Oh, I see what you're saying. Okay.
0: Right. <laughs> All right, I've had a few beers. That's Sorry. okay. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll We'll keep up. We'll keep right. up. So um, and just for the record, villain has slightly less than us. Okay, like maybe eighty, ninety thousand. All right, so you
2: have like fifty-five bigs. Yeah. Okay.
0: Okay. So I am under the gun one. I open Jack nine of diamonds. Wow! Already stepping out on a limb there. Yeah. yeah. Typically a fold, do you, but I, you have your reasons.
2: Did you have some drinks?
0: Uh, no. <laughs> no. Actually, I had not had a single drink sober, by this point. Sober Derek opens yeah. Jack, Nine of Diamonds. Yeah, on nice. a, at a, at an eight-handed like, table. I think it's
2: fine, I by think, the way. I Dan. think actually... <laughs> Me too.
0: I don't want to say this is 100% true, but I'm pretty sure we were seven-handed okay. at this point. Oh, yeah, that's fine. So it's... All right. Let's call it a six-max table. Yeah, no, jack Jack's Nine oh, of Diamonds. we're really going like to go fun. down to six then? All right. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> fine. I, I Why like, don't we just
1: say your head's up? Yeah.
0: I, I like to round down. Okay. Okay. Um, so I open Jack Nine of Diamonds under the gun to five K, which is two and a half X. Uh, it folds around to the big blind, who calls. And this is the uh, player that we talked about. Yes. So, is, yep. yeah. Now you're three seats away from him, second
1: position, <laughs> as I like to call it, under the gun plus one, second position. I missed that.
0: All right. I will also not be using M in this conversation. Oh, okay. <laughs> no,
1: I do that. I do that for all the all the traditionalists out there. All right.
0: This is already the best podcast of all
1: time. I love it so much. All right. So all right. we are in.
0: So I, there's, a po- there's a fold, and then you. Raise. Yes, there's a fold, and then I open with Jack Nine of Diamonds to 5K. Uh, our villain in this hand calls in the big blind. Uh, so the flop comes seven, four, deuce, one diamond.
1: Okay. So we've got two over cards. We've got backdoor, straight, and flush possibilities. Remote as those straight possibilities may be, they are worth mentioning because they give you more cards to barrel. So, for example, an eight on the turn that's not a diamond, or especially one that is, is a great card for you to barrel again. Yeah. So, if we're going to do a c-bet here, we I have a plan for what cards we're going to continue barreling and what cards we're not going to continue barreling. Do you agree with that, Dylan?
2: Yeah. Also, uh, what, what positions were they again? Uh, I...
0: I am... You're
2: under the gun one. I'm under the gun one. <laughs> he's in the big blind. So it's heads up. Oh, it's heads up. I'm in position. And he's... I'm sorry. But small. He's, he was in the big blind. So he's now, big blind. Now I'm in position. He's big blind. Yes. And yeah, He checks
1: so. his flop, right? Mm-hmm.
2: Okay, yeah, so. I think this is just like a pretty, pretty easy spot to see bet. Uh, you know, his defending range is going to be super wide. It's, yeah, pretty yeah. standard. So uh, I bet 7K
0: into... 13K? Uh, he calls.
1: All right. So your C bet here is a little large for my taste. I would have gone a little smaller, I think. Yeah. Um, if there's 13 in the middle, I think there – yeah, there's 13 in the middle. You can just fire five is f- or even four. You can go down from there because really it's like such a uh, a dry flop, right? If, if he's got it, he's got something he's going to call pretty much any bet. And if he's got nothing, he's usually going to fold. Although, I don't know, that guy, he doesn't fold a lot. So, <laughs> I don't know. Maybe that's why he is, a, maybe that is an argument for going a little bigger.
0: Yeah, I don't feel like he was the folding type. Although, I'll, I'll admit that probably didn't go a lot into my thinking. Um, I think I just, I think I just kind of, like, I probably clicked the half. In online terms, I click the half pot button. <laughs>
1: right, and you're about there. Yeah, yeah I right. was like, okay, half all pot. Right. Yeah, yeah, why not? Know. Yeah, so you're,
2: like, you're like dealer, spread the pot, and you're like, oh, that looks <laughs> okay. like 14k. Yeah. <laughs> yeah,
1: okay. No, I mean it's yeah. not. It's not a huge mistake, but I think <laughs> no, I think betting smaller on the on this board is better.
0: I think you're right. Um, uh, but he does call. Okay. Uh, the turn is the king of diamonds. Okay, so
1: now we have a flush draw, and I think this is an automatic double barrel, Dylan.
2: Uh, yeah totally agree 100% yeah, that's
1: one of the perfect cards for you to fire again because also that king hits your range way harder than it hits his too so let's go
0: yeah it's like it's like the perfect i mean if i could call it a card that wasn't a pair of mine it would be like the king of diamonds cuz yeah. it's like the perfect over card that you know i could have ace
2: king i could have king queen so, so it's, you- it, yeah, sorry. So you bet, uh, sorry, 7 into 13 on the flop. So now there's 27K in the pot. Do you remember his stack to start the hand? Yeah, he
0: said it was about 90,000. Yeah, I know, he had, I know he had less than me, but not by a lot. So like okay. 90-ish. Yeah, okay.
1: I think we need to start threatening that stack now. I, I would bet pretty big here on the turn. I really like taking that small bet on the flop. So I would have bet a little bit less than you on the flop. And now here on the turn, I would go close to pot or maybe even a little more. Because you really want to threaten that stack, you know, try to like really make him start thinking about, is this my bust out hand or not?
2: Also, when you do bet really large on the turn, like your opponent's now thinking like, well, what's he going to do on the river? And if he's not in a spot where he can uh, call turn and river, then he's in a really tough spot. So, yeah, I agree with betting pretty big on the turn and then probably, probably smashing river too. Yeah, I
1: put in 30. I put in 30 here.
2: Yeah, this is
0: probably this is something that I think has come up on the podcast a lot of times, and also in conversations with better poker players than me. I think I bet wrong on the flop and wrong on the turn a lot. Like I don't bet big enough on the turn nearly often enough, um, and I think that's I don't know how to quantify that for the listeners uh, to apply that to your game, but I tend. To go way too small on the turn. Well, and what I, kind of bet
1: I, would you want to make here, Derek, if you had like Aces or Ace King or a set? You'd want to bet big, right? I mean, you'd wanna you'd wanna to try to get some good value and really start thinking about trying to get your opponent stack in on the end.
0: Yeah, especially against this opponent. And I think that's the problem, is that I, I don't think about uh betting with a with a really good hand. I just think about betting with the hand I have. Exactly, yeah. Which is not that great, but it has the potential. Yeah. So I feel like, oh, 40 or 50% seems pretty good. Mm-hmm. And, you
1: know, to but be I... f- to be clear, he is going to get some folds, right, Dylan? I mean, if, if he bets 40% here, you know, and the guy had, like, second pair on the flop, he, there's a chance he'll fold for a small bet here, right?
2: Yeah, I think there is a chance. But also um, it de- it also depends on Derek's, like, river tendencies too. Like, if Derek now bets small on the turn where it looks like like, hey, like, I can call this bet, uh, and Derek's not following through on the river, then he has nothing to worry about, right? Like, if he can call a turn bet easily and just and just hope that the river goes check, check, um, whereas, you know, if Derek's betting, if he's following through on the river, then his decision becomes a lot more difficult.
1: And betting larger on the turn kind of indicates in a nonverbal way to my opponent, like, I'm playing for
0: stacks. I'm not slowing
1: down. Yeah, I, I don't expect me to check behind on the end if I'm going to bet 25 or more yeah. here on
0: fourth, right? Yeah, I, I think I, I like a bigger sizing, especially because when I do hit, I want to get maximum value, but also when I don't, I kind of want to build able to max pressure him to fold, if that makes any sense. It makes um, a lot of sense. I think that
1: a bigger sizing... Regardless of what happens on the river, a bigger sizing here serves your purpose either way.
0: Yeah, I, I would agree with that. I, I I don't love my turn sizing. I'm not mad at it. All right, what did you uh, do?
2: What did you do? Um, hold on, before you say what you did, I want to I want to stress that like when you're uh, deciding what you should bet, you want to keep your ranges balanced, right? You want to be like, hey, like these are my bluffs, and these are my value hands. But I want to I want to I want these two hands to be. I want to choose the same size with both of these hands, right? Like you want. If you had aces, you want to bet whatever eighty percent. Same thing with your jack nine of diamonds. You want to. You want them to to be balanced.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and honestly, if you don't have aces or ace king, or like your value for betting on the turn when that king comes off is you're not going to have that many like medium-strength hands. Most of those hands, you're going to want to check back and then maybe do pot control and possibly have a bluff catcher on the river, right? You're not looking for three streets of value like if you had a hand like 8-7 on a seven-high flop, right? right. Now that the king came off. So, yeah, that I mean, that's part of the discussion for me is that you're not scared of that king. When you're betting this turn, you're saying, all right, the king of diamonds just hit, and I'm not slowing down. You're now representing a more polarized range, which is mostly value, but we can have Jack Nine of Diamonds as one of those, you know, tricky little bluffs in there. Right.
0: Yeah. Uh, yeah. I think that makes a lot of sense. I. I. Like again, I'm not like, I don't hate my bet, but I would just rather it be a little bit bigger. I mean, uh, so what would we say the pot's 22k. 27. Oh, 27. <laughs> I bet 10k, which can look super valuey against certain opponents. I just don't think it will look super valuey against this opponent,
2: and also while we while it can look value, valuey, we don't really want it to look valuey when we're bluffing. Um, so now, when the, when it's the king of diamonds on the turn and it's on a on a two four seven flop, we want them to fold all as seven x, his four x, his two x. We want them to fold all as ace highs. Uh, basically anything that we beat, we want them... Or, sorry, anything that beats us, we want them to fold, right?
1: Right, but what, where, where we're starting to lose the logic here, and as we're talking through this, it's starting to come around to me, like, we do want calls from those hands when we're not bluffing. So if we overbet here, is he always going to fold a seven? Because if so, then this is not a good idea, because we can't get action when we have an ace-king or aces or something like that. So maybe... Maybe the really big sizing is no good. I don't know. I'm sort of starting to think maybe it's somewhere in between this 10 that you want to do and that you know, 28 or 30 that we were talking about. I think,
2: I think that getting some of these hands to fold right away on the turn is really good for us. Uh, and then you know, our plan is basically to, to triple barrel this one, right? We want to follow through on the river here, but um, we, want, we do want some of these hands to fold on the turn. Like if we can get them to fold yeah. on turn that's great.
0: Yeah. But yeah. if we
2: have to make them fold on the river then that's the, you know it's kind of the line we're taking. So I love that we're talking about this because
1: I'm going to change my answer. I want to go bigger than what you did, but lower than what I wanted to do before because I want to be balanced. I want these bluffs to be balanced out by my value bets that do want action. So if he if we're targeting a hand like A7 or 87 or 76, I want to bet a little smaller to get value from those hands when I do have a king or better, Mm -hmm. right? So now I think that I don't want to uh, overbet the turn. I'm going to say into 27, I
2: would bet
0: like 17.
1: I think that's the right number.
0: I think I think that's a very good happy medium. Yeah, I, th- I think that feels right.
2: I think two I think two thirds to three fourths is like a really good sizing here. Yeah. Uh, I mean, there's obviously certain hands that are just aren't going to fold to a double barrel, <laughs> right? Yeah. Like the seven X, yeah. like there's just it's just not going to fold. But if we can get them to fold, great. Yeah. Uh, but there's and, and some it, hands, yeah. That, some hands just aren't going to fold, and then, then that's why we need to triple. So. And we
1: want them to call the turn because we're going to shove the river anyway. So, I mean, honestly, you win a bigger pot. When you have a three-barrel strategy, and I think a lot of players miss this part, when you when you know on the turn that you're absolutely shoving the river, you want that call on the turn because then the pot's bigger when you win it.
0: And this this particular player, too, like I, I, I don't know that he's the guy we want to go to the river with.
1: You saw me try, and he called me with a five. Uh, yeah,
0: like he was very sticky.
1: Very sticky. He um, called me with a five.
0: Yeah. And that's why as much as I would love to claim some weird victory on this hand, which we'll get to, I think it's very questionable. And I I think that's a very important thing that that we don't talk a lot about on on strategy videos or strategy podcasts. When you win a hand, it's very easy to be like, oh, I played that so good. Like I bluffed that guy or I, I got so much value out of that guy. But it doesn't necessarily mean you played the hand right. You know? Like sometimes you win a hand and you're like, Oh, I, I played that so bad. And sometimes you lose a hand and you go, Well shit, I played that hand so good, I just happened to lose. And that's that's where you become a better poker player at the end of the day.
1: The flush got there, the straight got there, and he caught me with a five. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and
0: yeah. you saw it. You saw yeah. the whole thing. That hand was so sick. I stared at that board for four. What felt like five minutes, even though it was like thirty seconds, I <laughs> stared at that board. And I'm like, "Wait, what just happened?" Because <laughs> I I thought you were scooping all of those chips. I'm like, "Those chips are going Clayton's way, right?" Oh, no. no, they're going over there. Wait, no. no, they're going Clayton's. way No, they're not. Wait, no, nope, they're def. Mm, no. <laughs> I, if you couldn't
1: believe it, I really yeah. couldn't believe it. Yeah. It was it was a pretty sick one.
0: Yeah, that was a sick hand. Yeah, and, and I I that was a hand where I was like, "Oh shit, I might actually outlast Clayton." This <laughs> <time."> <laughs>
1: And then he remembered we did not make a bet on who would last longer. I would actually never bet Derek on who's going to last longer because I think he folds too much. <laughs>
0: That's how I win Last Longer's. I I don't make my money playing poker tournaments. I make my money playing Last Longer, then I just knit my way. (laughs) Yeah. Last Longer pro. I don't make the money, but I win all the Last Longer's. That's
1: good. (laughs) He gets like a million dollars in action on Last Longer's for every tournament. No, who would give it to him? All right, but no, here he is stepping out, and he's he's bluffing. So So here we go.
0: I bet 10K, which I think we all agree is too small. Yes. uh, He calls. Okay. The river is the ace of hearts. So now the board is uh, seven, four, deuce, king, ace. Uh, no flushes get there, uh, I guess. No straights get there. So you well, have to- the way the sizing has gone, we
1: don't really have. Uh, we don't. We don't have a pot size bet left with his stack. I think that he's got more than a pot size bet left. So
0: if you shove the
1: river, it's an overbet.
2: It's probably like 2x pot that he has left, right? Yeah, I think
0: he probably has like 40. He probably he has probably 40 or no, he has 50 or 60k left. Yeah, if he started with 90, he's got something
1: like 60 or 70 left. So that's another reason to bet a little bigger on the turn so you set yourself up for that shove on the end. But the flush did get there. No, no it, no, it didn't. Nothing got there. No, no. Okay, so then the question becomes, uh, what are we repping if we shove Ace King?
0: Yeah, and and so he, the things he could have, because the flop was Seven Four Deuce and the river was Ace, so he could have Ace Seven, Ace Four, yeah. Ace Deuce. Um, I don't think he really peeled two streets with Ace X of whatever. You know, like ace it, it could
2: gem. be. It could be Ace Five Ace Three, uh, specifically diamonds, but th- that's only two combos, so yeah. not super worried about that. It could still be like some random offsuit Ace Five Ace Three because you bet so small. Uh, yeah. so, so Ace X is possible.
0: That's a fair point, and honestly, it's not something I thought about. I made a bunch of notes here. I think that's fair. Um, but yeah, mostly if we if we go big here on the river, the calls will mostly come from. Two pair, right? Yeah, aces up. And so, uh, a a couple of notes I have here, and I actually made a note in my notepad on this hand. um, Just and I probably should have said this earlier. Villain. So I made notes. Villain has been active, Mm -hmm. which I think you would agree with. Yeah, it's very. And I made a note that on the flush and on the straight. I'm just making up words now. <laughs> On the flop and the turn, his calls were very quick. Okay.
1: So really, the, just like snap call. Yeah. Right?
0: So okay. his.
1: Now he he acted quickly in
0: most so, pots though. Yeah, so I mean, from when call, I played with him, he was calling very fast a lot. Yeah, his flop call and his turn call were very quick. Okay. I don't know what that means necessarily, but I made notes of that. Yeah. Um, so he qualified. He's not. Those he's not are folding.
2: Good notes to make, but ultimately. You're in position with Jack High, so we have to bluff, right? But does he need to go big? Does, right. Can he just yeah. do another half yeah, the so pot? We're like, just worried about like sizing and what we need to choose to get him to fold. What makes sense? We we are allowed to give up, by the way. Like
1: yeah. I I don't we have Jack High and we we can show it down and lose for sure. Right, but
2: I think I think on this run out though we don't. While he can have, like, whatever, he could have a 70s, 40s. While he can have those hands, like, we, I think we just have to bet, like, he does have a lot of just 7x. Yeah, um, we can't make
1: it easy on him to win this pot with that hand, right? Yeah. There's what, 40-something in the pot? We
2: don't, I was going to say, we don't need to bet big. Okay. Like we don't half, need to bet big. I now we, we can do half the pot. Yeah, I don't think we need to bet big. It's like 47 in the pot, right? Yeah. Is that what we
1: said? Yeah, so let's say his you new know, bet like 20, 25, that's okay. Yeah, like right?
2: 20. Yeah, I was
0: thinking 28. Because 20. I, feel, I feel like now at this point, he either was there, got there, yeah. or has shit. Yeah. You
1: know, a lot of times he's going to have like a medium strength hand. Like I feel like a lot of his range is going to be like, Top pair on the flop, middle pair on the flop. Like that six now, seven. Off. Yeah, hands like that, six and it's two. tough to call when there are two overcards now, especially if you yeah. if you make it hard on him.
2: Yeah.
0: So we decide to bet twenty two k. I like that. I like the sizing. Yeah. Uh, he tanks for a long time, and eventually folds. All and, right. And spends fifteen seconds saying, "Show me the bluff." Show me the bluff. Uh, show me the bluff. You to show him. You right? did not show I, him, did I, you? I wanted to so bad.
2: Oh. No, then, Dylan, talk about why you want to show. I just, I just we just have to. <laughs> <laughs> I think if he tanks that long and it's like, I mean, it's good for yeah. your image. I think it's good for your image.
0: Yeah. Uh, I, I wish I had, and I I didn't for the longest time, and then and then at some point he's like on his third show me the bluff, I was like, oh, I'm gonna show him. And then the dealer pulled yeah, my he cards. cards. He pulled my cards in. I couldn't show him. I yeah. was
2: like, "Damn it, I couldn't show him."
1: We we don't have all day here. <laughs> we got to get to the next hand. So, so
2: yeah, I think he, I honestly think he had a seven, and that was the right sizing because you can you can value bet some king x with that sizing, right? Mm-hmm. If you go like if you go like thirty plus, then it's probably only leading towards like ace x and uh, misdraws and, and bluffs. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but with with that smallerish sizing you can have King X for value. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, I love it. I, love I was it. super proud of that hand.
1: Well, you should be. You know, you're not a huge bluffer. <laughs> um, you know, it, it's good that you stepped out of your comfort zone. You opened from second position with the jack Nine suited. <laughs> <laughs> and even at a short-handed table, that's impressive for well, Derek.
2: seven-handed, you know? maybe six-handed. Who knows? He doesn't, he doesn't <laughs> know.
1: Maybe it was seven. heads up. It might have been heads up. We don't know. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, this has been a lot of fun. Um, yeah, we're already over... Over an hour here, so it's just like oh, yeah. so much fun to like hang out and drink a beer and talk talk shop with you guys. I, I really I love it. So, um, Dylan, what's next for you? Are you going to be hanging out in Vegas for a while? What, what's going on? Are you traveling at all?
2: Uh, well, I live here now, so um, I haven't done much traveling lately. Though I did tell Leslie that I wanted to make a trip. I haven't told her where yet. For that's the aforementioned girlfriend. Yes, oh, in girlfriend. January. <laughs> For for poker, but for fun too, um,
1: I can recommend Australia. Australia Beautiful, okay, yeah. that's a little, okay, yeah. A little more yeah, than- Melbourne, <laughs> the Aussie Millions, highly he recommend. Speaking of yeah. millions, <laughs> go play in the Aussie Millions. Okay, It'll be have fun. you heard
2: of like uh, Iowa <laughs> Council Bluffs? Oh uh, yeah,
1: <laughs> the Quad Cities are great. <laughs> yeah, yeah no, the no, ladies no. love tunica i can tell you that for sure yeah <laughs> tunica she loves no, leslie a and
2: one that i've wanted to take and uh, i'll tell her about it soon so oh cool wow,
1: cool nice. well maybe uh, when you do that you can share it with us and then we can announce it because i know all of our listeners are like where's he going to take her for the for the special trip he hasn't announced it yet
2: uh okay well should i just say that where now oh, like, are we gonna it's, break it? Break breaking
1: news, news right leslie do you want to know or do you want it to be a
2: surprise Find out the same time you guys are. I just All right, let's them. go. Okay. It's not super, it's it's just a poker trip, like I said, and for fun, but it's in it's it's MSPT in San Diego and I've heard it's oh, great. Oh, beautiful. Yeah, that's a good one. We haven't actually been there together, so yeah. uh, I love San Diego. I've been there a few times and I, I love it. I've never played poker there, but I think it'll be a, a really fun trip and I hope we can plan it nice. out and you no, know, make
1: it, make You it hint at your girlfriend, like I'm going to take you to Council Bluffs for a
3: poker <laughs> trip.
1: We're going to Iowa. (laughs) And then you raise the stakes and go San Diego. Everybody loves San Diego. Beautiful city, beautiful beaches, great poker. Oh, you guys will have a blast. Wow, The
2: dog will love it. Uh, She loves the beach, so... Yeah, hopefully the weather's good. Actually, I I was a little concerned about that. Okay, a little
0: concerned
2: about the weather. I have a
0: special connection with Opal. She was our she was our house dog for many years in the TPE house. Oh no
2: way! Oh, that's so cool.
0: Absolute legend of the game. Uh, Absolutely the coolest person to ever live in our house. Uh, (laughs) Most non actual nerds, but um, (laughs) she's pretty cool. All right. Well,
1: shout out to Opal. Shout out to Leslie. And shout out to San Diego. Good call, man. That's great.
2: Hopefully it'll be fun. I think it'll be a good time. And uh, hopefully we can plan it out. You know, the tournament could last two or three days but maybe we can make it like a five or seven day long trip
1: Yeah, and have some fun, go to the beach, enjoy the sights and sounds of San Diego. Sounds yes. great.
0: You can definitely punt that tournament in like three <laughs> hours. Oh, totally. I mean, yeah. It, it could be like a seven day vacation where you only play <laughs> poker for like three hours. Uh, I, unfor- I've done it.
2: Unfortunately, I think there's like two or three starting days. So if I can just punt day one, <laughs> okay. day one, B day one, yeah. C really quickly, then All we can have nights a fun are trip. are free. That's <laughs> yeah, it. That's it. Well, this is a
1: lot of fun guys. Uh, Derek, tell everybody what's going on with the uh, with my favorite website,
0: tournamentpokeredge.com. Uh, yo, so guys, you need to go check out Tournament Poker Edge. We got new series from uh, Andrew Brokus. We got new series from Danny N13. Just uploaded a new series. I missed that. Whoa, I know. noseworthy, <laughs>
1: noseworthy, <laughs> back.
0: I know. We have that guy has not come to America since even before COVID, like a year before. He's like. Fuck it, I'm out. I'm not coming. He's America. in Canada. I'm not coming he's like back to America. Miles
2: outside of America, just I know. Yeah, he's like, he's like, no,
0: I'm good. Um, so yeah, so check out that series. Uh, new series from Colin Moshman as well. And uh, oh, can I can I do a shout out for my charity stream? Please do. Please do. All right, you guys. I'm doing a uh, very special charity stream on November 30th. That's Giving Tuesday here in America. Uh, I do this every year. This is my seventh year. The Beagles. Yeah, we're doing a a very special charity stream for Triangle Beagle Rescue. We've raised about $17,000 over the last four or five years. We're hoping to raise another $3,000 this year. So twitch.tv slash killingbird. Just come hang out. You don't even have to donate money. Just come be there and support the stream. I would love it if you would do that.
1: Check them out on twitch.tv slash killingbird. And we love the beagles.
0: Um, And I actually had my very first uh, stream viewer who adopted a beagle from Triangle Beagle Rescue? Oh,
1: that's awesome. Everything yeah. comes full circle. Yeah. By the way, guys, if you want to sign up for a TPE membership, you can get $10 off of your first month using the promo code podcast. And does it have to be all caps or not? I'm not sure.
0: Uh, it can be Either upper one. or lower. Can I mix them up like a, a large yeah, O yeah, and you a big can do the C? Whole, like uh, right. upper, lower thing. Case
1: insensitive, and you will save $10 off of your first month uh, at tournamentpokeredge.com so for everyone here at TPE for everyone here at the fabulous Rio All Suites Hotel Resort Casino and Spa and the closed pool and for, <laughs> and for Opal and for Leslie and for Dylan and for Derek I'm Clayton Fletcher thank you so much for listening Bye.
3: I wanna hold them like they do in Texas please. Fold them, let them hit me, raise it, baby, stay with me Lock and in intuition, play the cards with babes to start And after she's been hooked, I'll play the one that's on her heart Oh, wow